With less than two weeks until Missouri basketball, it's time to get the Isaiah Mosley hype train rolling, plus Mizzou football changing it up in the backfield. So let's talk about all that and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making this show your first listen and thanks for telling a friend to head to LockedOnMizzou.com to find us on YouTube or wherever you get your audio podcasts. And this episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's Game featuring the Tigers against the Gamecocks right here on Sling via the SEC Network. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try Sling TV today. And you know what? Here's something we need to try. We need to try getting more excited about Missouri basketball. We're 13 days away, and Missouri, to me, has potentially... It's best score in maybe a decade. If you don't include Michael Porter Jr., who's obviously an amazingly talented player, an incredible NBA player when he's healthy, but he only played, what, two or three games for the Tigers? So if you don't include him, I think you got to go all the way back to at least Marcus Denman to find a better pure scorer than Isaiah Mosley, the former Rockbridge product, of course, from Missouri State. As well, he was just named to the 2023 Jerry West award list, which is awarded to the nation's best shooting guard. Now, that's one of 20 players he is on the list, one of five guys from the SEC. I'm not sure that that even puts into perspective just how good I expect Mosley to personally be. And this is from actually watching him play basketball. Sure, you might be a little skeptical and say, okay, sure, he has great numbers. But it was at Missouri State, right? The MWC, I'll, 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 the MVC, excuse me, Missouri Valley Conference, not not the SEC. I'll grant you that. But you know what? The jump isn't maybe as huge as you might expect. We've seen similar jumps from good players, like really productive players, like former Evansville guard Drew Smith. Of course, when he became a Missouri player, he was really good for the Tigers as well, and. In fact, I especially expect the offensive numbers for Mosley to translate really, really well just because he's a very good one-on-one player, an excellent pull-up game. Not much you can really do with him defensively that I can see. And not only that, not only did he have good numbers, he had borderline historic numbers in some ways. Now, in the NBA, you hear about a decent amount of guys of the very, very elite shooters, guys like Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, among a very few others who have been part of the 50-40-90 club. Well, that means 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the foul line. Obviously, those are elite numbers. So elite, in fact, that only three guys in college basketball have done it in the past 30 years while also averaging 20 points per game. And those names, J.C. Carroll at Utah State, 
all the way back in 2008. Luke Babbitt at Nevada in 2010. And one more guy, yes, you guessed it, Isaiah Mosley at Missouri State last year. So will Mosley actually get to 20 points a game for the Tigers this year? I think he's at least a 16 or 17 point a game score. I, I think I can say that with pretty good confidence. And if he gets to 20, it wouldn't surprise me either. I think a lot of that will depend on what style of offense Dennis Gates plays this season, what kind of pace this particular Missouri roster plays with. For me, that that all remains to be seen. I, I want to sort of see it to believe it. We've heard a lot of scuttlebutt about what Dennis Gates wants to do. Well, let's actually see it in action with this new roster. His first time as a Power 5 coach. I shouldn't say Power 5. This is basketball. As a high major coach, could be an adjustment for him as well, but I'm obviously very cautiously optimistic and expecting a pretty pretty good show this year. Now, one thing basketball and football have in common an old saying that I like to use is that everything looks good on the chalkboard, but what do you do when the play breaks down? What do you do when your offense breaks down? Well, that's something that Missouri didn't have a great answer for last season because usually the answer is, and often I mentioned Michael Porter Jr. I noticed last night for the Denver Nuggets, well, just throw it to the six foot ten guy who shoots it about as well as anybody in the NBA. There's a good plan for a late shot clock. Well, guess what? Missouri, hopefully, in my opinion, will have something a little bit similar this season with Isaiah Mosley. There's a guy you can just throw the ball to, throw out the X's and O's, give it to him with five seconds on the clock, and expect him to be able to make something happen and get off a decent shot. Again, something that Missouri really didn't have last season. I think it'll take a tremendous amount of pressure off of Kobe Brown this season, too. I expect him to have a really nice senior season as well. By the way, I've been on quite a hot streak, if I do say so myself, as far as betting under the total in Missouri games lately. Well, over at betonline.net, the Tigers are four-point underdogs. The total of that ball game, 46.5. So it seems like my friends over at BetOnline finally catching on to the trend. But you know what? Let's reverse engineer this for a second. Tigers scored 17 points last week. Could have been 20 if you get a Harrison Mevis makeable field goal. Maybe maybe the Tigers, you say, they let their foot off the gas in the second half. Attempting six passes, most of them short, would certainly indicate that. So the Tigers were capable of scoring more than that. And yet... It was against Vanderbilt, though. Can't exactly call them a great defense, can we? So to me, I'm still looking at the under. And also, Spencer Rattler is among probably the better quarterbacks Missouri is going to see this season. At the same time, after what I saw last week defensively for Missouri, especially with it looking to be at full strength, especially in the secondary, all the important players are healthy for the Tigers right now, for what is a really good Missouri defense. just seems like they're getting more and more confident and more aggressive as the season goes along here. So to me, while it does really feel greedy, I mean, at a certain point, there is the law of diminishing returns. It is undefeated. The market catches up with you eventually, and it does seem like bet online starting to catch on to the fact that these Missouri games 
are going under pretty consistently. Considering this is eight points lower than the Vanderbilt line, the Vanderbilt total, I should say, opened up the previous week. But uh, let's get greedy and go one more week. What the heck? And coming up, there is going to be a bit of an adjustment in the Missouri backfield for this coming week, but it might not be at the position you were hoping. So let's talk about that coming up. But first, as everybody knows, of course, teams in college football rise up and down the rankings all the time. But when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe is always on top. And part of that is, well, their 24-7 professional monitoring costs under $1 per day. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. And guess what? You actually don't even have to have a monitoring plan. It's completely up to you. If you feel like you have plenty of peace of mind and Simply Safe's excellent incredibly loud sirens if you get their ultimate siren package well that'll scare off just about anybody so that'll all be completely up to you but of course again once again their 24 7 professional monitoring costs less than one dollar per day so don't miss the chance to save big when you protect your home with the best get 40 percent off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash Locked on college today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Since the rather memorable and painful 2018 monsoon game. In Columbia, South Carolina, Missouri has actually won three straight in the Mayor's Cup. So, hey, what the heck? Let's keep that streak alive. Make it four. By the way, before I talk a little bit more about South Carolina, Missouri's next home game kicking off November 5th, 11 a.m. on the SEC Network against Kentucky. Of course, you can find that on Sling TV. By the way, again, about the, this Missouri backfield change, well, Eli Drinkwitz was asked this afternoon who the backup quarterback would be if Sam Horn, or excuse me, if Brady Cook, perhaps a little Freudian slip there, if Brady Cook would have to miss a snap or extended time. Well, Drinkwitz said it's situational, quote, long and short, I'm not going to tell you. Well, the reports were last week that actually it was Jack Abraham who was getting warmed up after Brady Cook took a big hit, I believe, after that strip sack play, just in case Brady were to miss a snap or longer in that situation. So interesting to hear that, considering we had been hearing all week that it looked like Sam Horn was planning to get some action in that ball game. So a little bit of an inconsistent message there, but perhaps we're being lied to as per usual. Although, if he's saying long and short, I'm not going to tell you, that's not really a lie, is it? He's just telling you that he's not going to tell us. But again, obviously, if there is going to be a, a change at the quarterback position against South Carolina, well, once again, Drinkwitz isn't going to tell us. I don't totally blame him there, but he is telling us that there will be a shift in roles at the quarterback, or excuse me, at the running back position not just for South Carolina, but as Drinkwood said, going forward, 
Cody Schrader is going to be taking most of the snaps at running back. Now, certainly last week against Vanderbilt, Schrader no doubt had the more effective run. Statistically, he was a much better player. How much of that is due to the offensive line? Well, you'd have to break that down a little bit further, divide their snaps up. But to me, no doubt Nate Pete has had his moments too. So to me, this feels a lot more about ball security than anything. Maybe that's there may be other factors here, but the, to me, ball security has to be the number one factor here. Of course, we know Nate Pete lost a fumble at the end of the Auburn game, which, well, frankly, lost the game in a lot of ways. We focused on the Harrison Mevis field goal attempt that was missed mostly here and the decision-making that led up to that 26-yarder. But we can't forget about that fumble either. Well, Pete also lost a fumble in the Vanderbilt game too. Missouri, I believe, got away with it. I think there was a, a missed field goal there. But regardless, that could have been a really huge turning point in the football game and a loss potentially for Missouri in a game which they only won by three points. So that just tells me that Drinkwitz, like a lot of head coaches, especially he knows, I think going forward, this also tells us if he's really worried about ball security, number one, which again, a lot of coaches are, but I think he knows that he's going to have to rely on his defense to take this team possibly to a bowl game and he's going to have to play it conservatively on offense. It's, at least I think that's what he thinks he's going to have to do because, well, like I said, on that strip sack play, Missouri was on its own 10-yard line. Drinkwood said that he'll take the blame for that play that resulted in a Vanderbilt defensive touchdown, but to me, I, I actually will defend Drinkwood's here. He said that he was too aggressive with that call on third and 10, I actually broke this down. Go to my Twitter page, twitter.com slash locked on Mizzou. Follow me there for all my inane thoughts, but occasional pithy remarks as well. But in this case, I just think you look at the matchup. He had Luther Burden. This was actually a moment where if you think Drinkwitz has no idea what he's doing, he never makes a good play call, I would defend Drinkwitz here. To me, this was all execution here. You could blame it on communication by the quarterback and the offensive line pre-snap possibly, but regardless, there's just a player for Vanderbilt, one of their 3-4 ends in this play who's standing up. He just runs around the Missouri offensive line untouched and just kills Brady Cook as he's about to uncork the football. Well, where is Brady Cook about to uncork that football? To Luther Burden, who is being covered one-on-one -on -one by a linebacker way downfield with absolutely no safety help. If somehow somebody can just somehow, some way, give Brady Cook another second, maybe even a half a second, to get that throw off, that might well be a 90-yard touchdown. For me personally, even though Missouri was pretty far back there, in terms of field position on third and 10, I'm going to take that matchup all day, especially against a Vanderbilt team where I wanted Missouri to be aggressive down the field, not only for that particular game, but also just proving to itself that it can take those shots and do them successfully to me would have been a really big buoy to the entire team's confidence and especially Brady Cook's. And you know what? I, I want to talk more 
about quarterback development, actually, with my remaining time here in this show. Because so many people, I've seen this idea popping around the internet a lot, which is, why is it these days, since we have access to so much tape and information and analytics and statistics and all this stuff, and younger quarterbacks have access to all all this film and teaching at a much younger age than they ever have, well, why is it that it seems like that it's as tough as it's always been to identify the good players at the position? Well, you know what? Let me flip that on you. My question would be, why would you expect it to be any different? And you know what? I want to get into that idea a little more. But first, let me tell you about LinkedIn jobs because these days every new potential hire can really feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And who wants to wager on your small business? That's what we have That's what we have actual football wagering for. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. Well, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, quite simply. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free, and it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, of course, we in the football community can get better on the margins at, at identifying quarterbacks, but to me, as I alluded to before the break, I just think it's always going to be a really, really difficult task because of a couple reasons. One of them's human nature, and the other, I think, is just the nature of the sport of football. If you think about it, for instance, Patrick Mahomes, for instance, I'm a Kansas City fan. Seems like he's been around forever, right? Well, he's played 70 games in his NFL pro football career so far. Compare that to Bobby Witt Jr., who's been around for about a second and a half. In his rookie year, he's already played over 150 baseball games. And you compare that to Brady Cook. Well, Brady Cook has played seven football games. Well, at least started seven so far this year. Throw in the bowl game at the end of last year, you're up to eight. But people are ready to give up after Brady Cook after four or five weeks. Now, in the sport of baseball, you would be considered a complete lunatic if you were giving up after Bobby Witt Jr. If you were giving up on Bobby Witt Jr. after a week or a month worth of baseball games, that would be considered absolute lunacy. So again, a part of this is just the sport of football itself. And unfortunately, the time frame seems to be getting shorter and shorter for success. And this especially goes for quarterbacks and head coaches in college football right now. That isn't a good thing for the NFL level, by the way. You need quarterbacks to have experience. Because if you think about all the great quarterbacks in NFL history, all the good ones who are playing right now, well, almost all of them had quite a bit of experience at the college level. There's very few exceptions to that. 
Ryan Tannehill kind of comes to mind as a guy who barely played quarterback in college and eventually became a solid starter in the league. But also, nobody is exactly writing Ryan Tannehill's ticket to the Hall of Fame either. You look at somebody like Trey Lance, still a huge question mark, a guy who barely played in college. Well, take Sam Horn, okay? Everybody wants him to be the starter now. He's the golden boy, right? Because he's the backup quarterback and we haven't seen him fail yet. Well, my question is, how long is Sam Horn's leash when we actually give him the car keys? Will we make him pull over as soon as he rolls through a stop sign? Is dad going to be that? And by dad, in this case, I mean we as fans, in many cases, are we going to be that impatient? And by the way, at the college level, again, this is the whole idea of, of how are we actually going to find quarterbacks? What do these guys do that sets them apart? What makes the great ones? Because I see a lot of mediocre quarterbacks at the college level. A lot of guys just kind of look the same. And then there's a select few who just stand above everybody else. Well, where do we find these guys? Because I'll just tell you as a Chiefs fan that Mahomes is not only an athletic freak, he was a different kind of 21-year-old. Guy throwing himself into the playbook, had a knack for studying and learning and pure competitiveness as well. That, that's a pretty rare combination, I would say. But again, getting back to experience, he also had ample opportunities to mess up, fail, and learn on the job at Texas Tech despite only playing for three years because Texas Tech, well, they threw all the time anyway by design, but also in the Big 12, so at that time, so many just wild games, especially involving Texas Tech, where the Red Raiders not only had tons of possessions every game, but not only by design, but by necessity, they're just throwing over and over and over again. And at times, you go back and watch Mahomes' film, he throws some truly bizarre interceptions and you makes you really scratch your head but of course the athleticism is there and I also will never forget about people freaking out about Mahomes in training camp throwing interceptions before his 2018 season his first as a starter well we saw how that went didn't he he ends up winning the MVP but to me my whole philosophy is in practice by God throw interceptions go crazy run the same play over and over again if you throw three picks in a row good because guess what you're not going to do again on game day you're not going to try to, th to fit the ball into that window again because you'll remember Ooh, I remember in practice when they took that ball in the flat to the house let's not do that again so how do you fix this timeline problem how do you give your coach and quarterback time to mess up and learn? Well, that's a really tough balance, isn't it? Because you never want to throw good money after bad. Hey, I talked about the law of diminishing returns earlier. Earlier, excuse me. Well, we're going to talk about opportunity costs now too because sometimes you do have to take a loss and move on. Opportunity cost, that's as real as time itself. So ultimately, whether you fish or cut bait, that comes down to faith. How much faith do Missouri fans have in Eli Drinkwitz come next season? 
Desiree, how, how had Desiree read Francois, the Missouri athletic director, who did not hire Eli Drinkwitz, by the way. How much faith is she going to have in him the longer time goes along? It's all going to be very interesting to follow and think about over the next few years. And the bottom line is, well, if Sam Horn is a keeper, Eli Drinkwitz probably will be too. I just wonder how long we're going to have to wait to figure that out. I hope it's not too long for Eli's case. So, hey, thanks for joining me as always here on Locked On Mizzou. By the way, be sure to check out Locked On Sports today, a new podcast from the Locked On team. Check them out because they got the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, check me out on Thursday and Wednesday as well, but also Thursday. I know we're going to be having another crossover Thursday here with Locked On Gamecocks. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. (laughs) 